confidence becomes her. A woman that embodies the true essence of her being. On this journey, she discovers who she is and what she carries, her value, her worth, her uniqueness to which no one can strip her of. Confidence becomes her. She's ever evolving, ever growing into her greatness. She is multifaceted. With each new chapter of her life comes the reveal of something spectacular. Another level of her giftings like a present being unwrapped. She's like a treasure box, a never-ending supply of hidden treasures, gems and jewels that surface as she walks through every trial and circumstance life throws her way. She is resilient a world changer. She's a masterpiece, a work of art, one of a kind. Confidence becomes her. Welcome to the Confidence Becomes Her podcast, where our mission is to help you upgrade your confidence, embrace your uniqueness, and step into your greatness. I am Marlene Abar from Marlene Abar dot com your confidence coach and mentor this is season 10 episode 94 called the middle your waiting season i always like to start off by welcoming our first timers so if this is your very first time listening in let me give you a big old welcome it is such a pleasure and an honor to have you here with us today be sure to hang around and get every thing you need, get every single thing you came for. And if you're not new, I want to say welcome back. Thank you for continuously tuning in. I am honored to walk alongside you on your journey to self-improvement, self-development, you know, becoming the best version of yourself every single day. Just know that we are in this thing together. Okay. All right. So, Like I said, we're in season number 10, right? And our theme all season long is healing the child within, healing the child within. And we've been working through healing through childhood trauma because I believe in this season, healing is on the heart of our heavenly father. So we've had a therapist on with us all season long, Dr. Kristen Blackshear. Yes, our girl, she recently got her doctoral degree in social work. She is the owner and founder of Cedar Tree Psychotherapy and Consulting, PLLC. You know, I like to describe her as <laughs> she's very homegirl-ish. Like she is, um, I don't know, it's like she, to me, she's the perfect therapist. She's funny. She's very down to earth and at the same time, very educated. She knows her stuff. And on top of all of that, she loves God and genuinely, she genuinely cares about people, right? So she's been pouring into us all season long. If you missed any of the episodes, you want to play catch up right away. It, uh, this season, it really starts with episode 85. That is uh, the first episode that she's on. And these episodes are life-changing. They are life-shifting. I mean, really, we have been working through and healing through a ton of childhood trauma. You know, things we've been carrying around with us for all these years, and they have gone unaddressed. But it's definitely worth the listen for sure. 
All right. So I know last time we spoke, I told you that our next topic that it was going to be on mother and father wounds. But guess what? Our Heavenly Father had a totally different plan. When I got on the line with Dr. Blackshear, she told me that she was like, hey, I'm, I'm feeling led to go in a different direction, go a different route. And when she told me the topic, I laughed because it's a topic that the Lord has been dealing with me on. So I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's go. (laughs) So when I tell you that this episode, this particular session that we recorded, this is one you don't want to miss. Like, it is such a needed topic. Trust me, like, oof. It is so good. It is like so good. It's so necessary. And uh, this this particular recording, the session with her, I'm going to be breaking it up into two parts. So today you're going to hear part one. And I know I always say this, but like for real, for real, you are going to need pen and paper for this one, especially close to the end. So without further ado, Let's listen in on today's topic, which is the middle, your waiting season. Welcome back to the podcast, Dr. Kristen Blackshear. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I am. I'm, I'm so excited. That you got to cross the the finish line. How does it feel? How does it feel to be on the other side, doctor? I I still I am still processing it, so it still just feels uh, very new. I'll say that it still just feels very new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations! Uh, I'm just so excited. So happy with you and for you, girly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So. I I announced to our listeners that our next session was going to be about uh, mother and father wounds. I know that that is what we had planned, but our Heavenly Father had a different plan. So I'm going to let you let uh, our listeners know what we're talking about today. Yeah. So um, what I felt, what I feel like Holy Spirit is is shifting us into is really just to talk about the what I like to call the the middle. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of times I think that we get caught up on how things feel in the beginning of going into a season and how things feel on the other side. But there is a middle part. There's a waiting part. Um, that is oftentimes not talked about, which really has the power to, in some cases, take people out, like literally take people out because there is no, sometimes it feels like there's limited support for the middle Mm. people in the beginning, people are there with you, you know, oh, it's going to be okay. And God's going to come through. But if your middle season is longer than a few weeks, (laughs) Sweet part. People people move on. They do their own thing. They forget. And then on the other side, when you come out with the victory, people are, you know, shouting with you and mm-hmm. hold your hand on the praise break. Um, but but you have to get to the get through the middle in order to get to the praise break. And so mm-hmm. um, that is where I feel like God is is leading us today. 
And, um, you know, as we were chatting just before I hit record, I let you know that this is such an awesome topic because it's one that I'm in right now. I'm in a waiting season and the Lord has been talking to me, um, just revealing um, some, some keys uh, some very important um, things to keep in mind while waiting. So you are just so on point yeah. with this little switch right here mm-hmm. in, in conversation because it's a necessary one. I don't think it's talked about enough. And this 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 middle right here, it can it, it can really make or break a person. And so I am ready to hear everything you have to share uh, with us regarding the middle. Thank you. Thank you. So I wrote down a couple of notes. Uh, I I just jotted down a couple of things that I really do kind of want to hit on. Um, I'm going to tell you the big bullet points and then we'll, we'll jump into each of them. So one of them is what do we do with the middle, right? Because the middle is, is the waiting place. The middle is the place that people uh, tend not to highlight the middle is the place where the enemy has the most opportunity to play with your mind. You know, the middle is the place uh, where people get discouraged, where people lose hope, where people mm-hmm. feel um, like they not just feel like they want to give up, but where people do give up. That's in the mm-hmm. middle. So one one point is what do we do with the middle? The other point is. What do we do? Uh, kind of a sub point to that. What do we do while we wait on things to change in our life? So talking about what the middle looks like is different from talking about how, what do we do while we wait? Um, and then the last point is how do we identify changes that we are going, uh, changes in our lives? So one of the last things that I hit on that I hear in therapy a lot is people, people are not, um, aware people are sometimes looking for these big things to happen to be markers for change and -hmm. they're not aware of how they really are growing throughout the process Mm -hmm. people are not always aware of the work that they are doing and the changes and growth that they are making and so the enemy will try to make them feel like you know well you just kind of waiting and nothing is happening meanwhile no things are really changing in you but if we don't have practical ways to identify change um, we will miss that and, and we'll allow the enemy to make us feel like we're just waiting in vain or we are waiting and and nothing is happening. There is no movement. Uh, toward so good. So oh, yeah. good. Mm. Yeah. So we're we about to uncover some lies right now is what I'm hearing in this conversation. I always say uh, we can't help. I'm sorry, we can't heal what we don't um, uncover, right? Because mm-hmm. um, to have the conversation about it, to bring it into light. The, when you do that, the enemy cannot, um, he, he, he can't just play with your mind. Because now you have information. Now you have um, people, right? Now you have people that can come along and say, yeah, but also friend, no, nah, we praying against that. So mm-hmm. the enemy has mm-hmm. less wiggle room whenever we uncover things and we have people that hold us accountable, people that even lift us up, they, people that hold up our arms while we fight, yes. you know. Yes, yes. We need that. We absolutely need that. Mm-hmm. So we can start with uh, what do we do with the middle? So one of the things that really kind of 
and I don't remember, I mean, we've talked about so much. I don't remember everything I've shared, but one of the things that kind of got me um, into this conversation of the middle is in 2018, when I experienced a really, really low uh, place and a really bad depression, honestly, I experienced a very bad depression in 2018. I remember looking on social media and looking to the people at that time that I kind of looked up to and and looking for someone to have discussed the Mm in-between. And Mm -hmm. all that I could find was day one, it was really, really bad. And day 30, it was really, really good. And nobody talked about days two through 29. And so what inevitably happened is when my day five was even lower than day one, but day six was pretty good. But then day 10 was low again. I felt like I am failing. Um, I felt like this is not working. I felt Mm -hmm. like uh, Mm -hmm. God isn't hearing me because I just didn't know what the middle looked like. And so one thing that I tell clients all the time is we have to be aware of what's normal while you're in the middle. If we know what we are looking forward to, if we know um, a big picture, when we come to those low places, if we know that that's a part of the process, we don't um, we don't stay down without hope. So one mm-hmm. of the examples that I give is, let's say, for example, you are running, right? And you know I'm going to run a mile, and in half a mile on this road, in half a mile, there's going to be a pothole. Mm-hmm. When that pothole comes you don't fall in the pothole like oh man well I knew the pothole was gonna be here but I just gotta stay when you know to prepare yourself because some lows are gonna come when you get to it you kind of slow down you adjust right you adjust Mm -hmm. how you run you adjust where you run even if you do fall you fall knowing oh I knew this was gonna happen so if I knew this was gonna happen I know that getting out is going to but that's mm-hmm. only because I've normalized or I am aware um, yeah. of what the big picture of this looks like. The same thing, I another example I use is medication. Mm-hmm. If the doctor says, take this medicine for 30 days, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the doctor says, on day five, you're going to get real, real sick. And on day six, you're going to throw up. And on day seven, you're going to sleep all day. When mm-hmm. you get to day five, six, and seven, and those things happen, you don't stop taking the medicine because you know this is a part of the process. Mm-hmm. And if you know I that you're on track. <laughs> and I know that healing is coming because mm-hmm. this is part of the process. Mm-hmm. So because people don't expose their middle, and here's the thing, wisdom says we don't always need to expose it while we're there. But mm-hmm. because people don't come out and then expose the middle, when other people are in those same situations, they don't know what to expect on day five, six, and seven. So if Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm going to be sick on day five, six, and seven, and I get sick, and I don't know that this is a part of the process, and this is the thing that helps me get closer to healing, when it happens to me, I may shut down. Mm -hmm. If I don't have good coping skills, I may Mm -hmm. feel like I am the failure. If I am already struggling with the enemy speaking, uh, you know, putting me in these negative thought loops and giving me these negative thinking cycles, those things increase. Those voices get louder, right? Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know. And now I feel like it's just me. Do you know how many people coming to therapy saying it's just me? Oh, Kristen, I know it's just me. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's- wow. 
Yeah, but that's because we don't know. That's because no one is sharing. That's because no one is saying healing looks like it hurts. Healing, you going to therapy, you going to uh, God, you doing inner healing, deliverance, whatever the case may be, it's going to hurt. You waiting on God to um, do whatever it is, you waiting on God to bring the mate, you waiting on God um, to bring the the increase, whatever it is that you are waiting on, there are going to be some days in there that are going to hurt. And if you know to expect that some of this is going to be uncomfortable, you don't get out of it when it gets uncomfortable. Because mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, so yeah, and there are practical things that we can do. So, you know, even if people in the church are not talking about what the middle looks like, you can go online and do research, right? You can find, uh, you can Google what um, what are some of the things that people experience when they're in therapy for sexual trauma. hmm it can tell you about flashbacks. It might tell you about psychosomatic symptoms, meaning that your brain makes your body feel things. So your body may feel sick. You may literally feel sick to your stomach because of how anxious and overwhelmed you are. Um, wow. If you Google, um, you know, if you don't have anyone to share their middle process, their middle journey, and you Google, um, what are some things to expect if I am healing from heartbreak? You know, you're go- it, they're going to tell you, you're going to be on that person's Facebook and you're going to log in from your friend's Facebook to look at their Facebook because you probably blocked them and you don't want them to know mm-hmm. you. <laughs> you gonna log- That's normal. That's normal. <laughs> I recently had a conversation with the client and they were like, you know, I was being dumb and I looked on his page. That's that's everybody who's had a breakup in this century that has access to social media. Like. That's normal. But if you have that, that little small, I was being dumb, plants a seed in you. Yeah. Yeah. And then we start thinking that something's wrong with us. And so the, the word that I wrote down when you were explaining all of that just now, and it's so good. Oh my goodness. I wrote down mile markers because how you were given the analogy of you know running yeah um, yeah and, and so knowing what to expect bringing about um, awareness it's like giving us mile markers yeah. and 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 when we have those markers and those things actually happen it's like now we we're, we're not thinking that something is wrong with us or that the process is not going the way that it should. This is so good. Right. And it helps people. It it, it can, it can lessen the anxiety because mm-hmm. again, I know that this is supposed to happen. Yeah. I know. And you can even tell people from a Christian context, you may um, have a mile marker that says there's going to be some parts where you just won't know. There's going to be some times in this waiting part, in this middle season, where you are literally day by day, just depending on God. But when I get to mm-hmm. the point where that happens and I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't feel anxious because I know I am actually on the way to healing. Mm-hmm. I think, not I think, I know the thing that makes people anxious the most is that they don't know. Yes. People can't, they don't know. They don't know what to expect. They don't know what to anticipate. When you're about to have mm-hmm. a baby, people want to know, what do I anticipate? What is this pain? What is this um, feeling going to be? 
there are all these things in life where you can get a um, someone can verbalize what to expect in this process. But when it comes to healing and when it comes to waiting on God, sometimes people who have been through don't remember to come back and say, this is what it looks like. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I am trying to be a better steward of uh, the process, you know, everything in life has a a process. And, um, so even being in the waiting season, there, there is a process and I'm trying to do better at journaling because I think sometimes we're so consumed with what's happening. (laughs) and It just takes much of our, our, our energy and our attention and, Man, the, the 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 this middle, the waiting, it can really do a number on us. And something that the Lord shared with me recently uh, regarding the waiting season I'm in is I, I I heard in my spirit, don't fight against the season. Don't yes. fight against the season. And as I began pondering on that phrase I'm like oh my goodness that is what I've been doing wrong and that's probably what a lot of people are doing wrong instead of fighting against the season we're in we are really supposed to embrace the season for for what it is right and we really do have to rely on the Lord to show us why we're in a waiting season for those who are waiting, like you said, mention a spouse or whatever the it, it could be. There, there is something that we should be doing or need to be doing in that waiting season, and it could be different for could everyone. Be. It could be, or it may be similar. But I think that's where the the personal relationship with God comes in, where. In, in your in your one-on-one time with your heavenly father you can pray lord i i surrender this season to you whatever it is whatever your will is for this season i come in agreement with it show me the lessons let me let me learn the lessons that i need to learn if there's anything i need to do to prepare for my next season reveal it to me like I, I know for me, what I was doing wrong was my focus was like, somebody give me a remote control. I, I want to press fast forward. I need to be out of the season. Like, nah. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I know because it doesn't feel good. Like it doesn't feel good. But um, th- thank the Lord. He has set me straight and I um, I have surrendered I have surrendered. I'm no longer fighting against the season I'm in. I'm embracing it. And I have, uh, my attitude has changed. And I'm like, God, just show me. Show me whatever it is you need to tell me. Tell me whatever it is you need to show me. Show me, let me see it. Whatever lessons I need to learn. Because we're in the waiting season for a reason. You know, because sometimes... It can feel like punishment, but it's actually preparation as well, you know, part of the process. 
to that point, um, that actually moves us to the, what do we do while we wait on things to change? Mm -hmm. Um, So I was recently reading Romans five and this came up in a therapy session with a client this morning. I'm going to read it. Romans five and three says, Mm -hmm. not only so, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, mm-hmm. perseverance, character and character, hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And what I was telling my client this morning is so that's the NIV. The passion translation uses. Let me find that real quick. It uses mm-hmm. a different for uh, suffering. It says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in in us patient endurance and patient endurance will refine our character and proven character leads us back to hope. And Mm -hmm. what I was telling my client is that every season is producing something. We have to ask God, what are you producing in me? The only way that you wait, the only way that the middle part of your your season is in vain is if you choose not to allow it to produce. We have to know that everything is producing something. And here's the thing. Sometimes what's being produced now really is going to be applicable in a, in a season two years down the line. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm, Sometimes mm-hmm. Uh, the long suffering that's being produced in us, that's being birthed in us, is really going to help us with a child in 10 years. But you 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 can't wait till you get to the, the point with the child in 10 years. You got to get that in you now, you know? Mm-hmm, Sometimes mm-hmm. the, and I'm just thinking about fruits of the spirit. Sometimes the spirit of peace that we need really is going to come in handy when we get this promotion and we don't know that yet because we don't even know the promotion is on the way so we're like oh man this sucks and how do i um you know how do what is god what are you trying to show me because because right now we don't see how it's applicable Mm -hmm. but in this promotion you're going to have to come in and set a tone of peace in this promotion you're going to be in a situation where people around you will be chaotic and you will have to literally bring the peace of god with you but if you don't get that now, when you need it, you don't have anything to pull from your reserve. Mm. You have That's to so know good. this is producing something. God, what are you trying to produce? What are you trying to produce? I think that if we keep in mind that God is such a loving father, that he would not allow us to be in the middle in vain. God is such a loving father that he would not allow us to sit in a hard place for nothing. I think yes. if we keep that on our mind, it would really help us. And that even, honestly, that teaches, that touches on father wounds. Because sometimes if we've not had good experiences with biological parents, it's hard for us to have a context for what a good father is. Yes. So if you felt like your biological father made you experience hard times for nothing, or if you felt like your biological father allowed you to experience suffering for nothing, it's hard to see God's, um, it's hard to see the middle of a thing with God as a place for production because mm-hmm. you immediately equate it to what you experience with your earthly father. So it may even be producing in you, this is 
This is what I told my client this morning. It may be producing in you the childlike nature that you will need to work through father wounds. It may be producing in you that childlike faith that you will need to get through the next things that God is going to show you because what he's going to show you is going to be big, right? Mm-hmm. And you may not, in your natural faith right now, you may not have the, the faith to believe. So in this season of waiting, God may be producing that childlike, come to me because I am your father. Come mm-hmm. to me because I am your dad. Come to me um, because you are my child. Mm-hmm. Come to me because you can trust me. God may be producing that in you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that we, is so good. You gotta see it as a place for production. We gotta yeah. see it as a place for production. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it it's so good that we get to know God and His His um, character, His characteristics. Because one thing about our Father that I know is that He is a purposeful God very pers- very purposeful and nothing is ever wasted nothing is ever wasted so that goes uh really good along with what you were just saying yes you know yes. nothing missing nothing mhm so we have to we have to trust him enough in this area that if if he's allowing this waiting season it is for a reason it like says not for nothing it's not for nothing. Yeah. He he he's just too purposeful for that. Too yeah. purposeful for that. And like you were saying with the with the father wounds, oh, you know, God is so patient because he, he he's very patient with us as we are healing through that. And he has to um now show us what it means to have a loving father, you know, for for those of us who have never had that or never experienced that, now he has to to show us and teach us that. And, and man, it just proves the point even more that we, in in the waiting season, we have to have a teachable spirit. We have to be open to whatever it is he is trying to show us and tell us. Oh, so good. Yeah. This is this is this is this is so so true. And even when we look at the 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 passion translation of this, uh, mm-hmm. pressures will develop in us patient endurance, and patient endurance will refine our character. Mm-hmm. It refines our character. Sometimes now this is just me, and this is a a, a thing that uh is my thought i'm continuing to flesh it out as my bishop would say i am continuing to flesh this thought out so this is not the full thought but i'm gonna let you in on the thought process i am not of the belief that everything that god takes us through that got every middle season every middle part i am not of the belief that it will always produce something that will be tangible um. i think sometimes we as believers get caught up on looking for the money or mm-hmm. the the partner or the car or the debt free. And those are beautiful, beautiful, beautiful things. Mm -hmm. But we also have to know that some stuff is just refining our character. Some middle seasons are refining your character. When we look in the Bible, every time they came out of, they, they, every time they came out of fasting and prayer, prayer, they didn't always come into some beautiful uh, mansion. 
These people just had the character and the patient endurance to continue to deal with the times and the culture around them mm-hmm. that was ungodly. So mm-hmm. if you if you don't understand, if you don't have proper context, if you don't have full, um, what's the word, Holy Spirit? If you don't have full revelation of what's mm-hmm. trying to be produced, you'll be looking for a season to give you something that it was never intended to give you. Mm-hmm. Mom, let me tell you, you're dropping all sorts of mics That's today. Good to okay. I'm not gonna lie to you. That was good to me. <laughs> you will be looking for a season to give you something that was never in, it was only to refine your character. Yes. It was only because you needed patient endurance. That's it. Mm-hmm. Endurance. You needed to be able to go through a hard thing for a long time. Because you're gonna have to in a few years. Yes. And you know what word came to mind as you were talking? Um, about when you're saying refining character, it is grounding us. It is having those roots, you know, grow deep. It's yes. grounding us. That's that's what I keep comparing it with saying that the building of yes. the character is just grounding us, rooting us deep in him, the things of God. Yeah. Because think about how during COVID. During the pandemic, when people were, you know, we were in our homes and we didn't have access to people and friends and family like we did before, we really didn't all need a financial blessing. We really needed refined character, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't Mm -hmm. all need um, debt paid off. We really, some of us really needed patient endurance. Mm -hmm. What if, I'm not saying it was, but what if a season prior to COVID was trying to teach us patient endurance? What if, now this is the Holy Spirit, what if COVID and the pandemic was trying to prepare us and teach us? What if that was a middle season to mm-hmm. prepare us to refine our character for what is yeah. to come? Ooh. Only in yeah. vain, if you have an expectation that this season will have produced something it was never intended to produce. Mm-hmm. Everything I give you ain't going to be tangible. I just mm-hmm. don't believe that. And I don't have mm-hmm. biblical context to support that. I don't. I, I I agree, but no. But even with uh, with Joseph, everything that he went through, it yeah. was to prepare him for that big promotion to be pretty yeah. much next second to the king. And I know yes. everything he went through did not feel good in the middle. I mean, being lied on, being accused of, of attempted rape. You know what I mean? I mean. Yes, girl. That that that's that's biblical context right there. That that was his middle, and none of that felt good. Being being thrown in in prison and just like that. That's a true waiting season right there, girl. That that's your biblical context right there, Mister Joseph. Yeah. And and we have to know that, again, that goes back to really mother and father wounds. If I trust God, Mm -hmm. if I trust you, I trust you. So Mm -hmm. if I trust you, then I got to know that this hard thing, this uncomfortable thing, this thing that is a pressure, this thing that is suffering, whatever synonym we want to pull. If I trust God and I trust that because he is a good father and he is a purposeful father, then Mm -hmm. I can trust that whatever you are trying to produce is necessary. What I want is more necessary than what you're trying to produce. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So good. 
because I, I mean, uh, I I can't get off of the Joseph thing yet because and to further prove your point that it isn't always something tangible, like his gifts needed yeah. room for uh, for activation, for cultivation, like his his leadership skills, you know, when being sold and all that, right? Yes, and you know leading and and overseeing Potiphar's house and then overseeing the like his leadership skills like they after they got activated he was able to cultivate it and on all of that prepared him for being second in command to the king you know what I mean and so I I so agree it isn't always tangible it the, the character your your gifts and everything and what about his ability to him being sold by his brothers, right? Refined mm-hmm. his character so that when Potiphar's wife lied on him, he could not hold bitterness in his heart toward her. Mm-hmm. Had he not Come been process through and moved through forgiving his brothers, mm-hmm. Joseph would have still had bitterness in his heart towards Potiphar's wife. Mm-hmm. And who knows if he and I could be wrong, but I feel that if bitterness was present, it would have hindered and delayed his promotion. I do because I believe e- it would. Every promotion prepared him for the the big one, right? He had like levels of promotion until he got to the big one. And I believe if he he was holding on to bitterness and stuff, it would have really delayed. Oh, it's his promotion. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so good. Kristen. So good. We have to know. We and I think, you know, it, it some of it comes from like we um we need tangible things, right? Like mm-hmm. we we live in a materialistic world. We specifically if you are in the United States, you know, things are very materialistic. And that may be even different. Honestly, I think it is different if you live in other countries that don't have all of the uh bells and whistles that we have in the US. Mm-hmm. Those people are praying for refined character because mm-hmm. they have to worship under underground. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? They mm-hmm. have to um, live in countries where Christianity is not the the primary religion. You know, people are mm-hmm. praying for patient endurance because they gotta love their neighbor who really hates them. Mm-hmm. But we have to remember that the the Bible is not just a United States context. It's not. And so, right. here is the other thing: if I can work through those other things in me, if I can get the uh, gentleness, if I can get self control. The, everything else, the, the tangible things I can get. Because yes. my mom will help me not go off on my supervisor when, and, and the favor will come. If I am creating mm-hmm. an atmosphere of peace, the right people will notice that and, you know, the blessings will come. If I can get the internal things together, the external things will have them. We'll mm-hmm. have those things. But I think we have to remember that in the Bible, you know, I say these people, but, you know, I mean, you know, I, the, the apostles, the prophets, the, the Peter, Paul, and, you know, those people. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when you go back, you know, even even before that, even talking about Joseph, these people were not praying for, um, these people were not fasting and expecting that at the end they would have a tangible thing. Even, let me tell you something. I was listening to Daniel um, this week. And one of the things that really, really stood out to me is the fact that 
Daniel was moved up in rank in all of these, uh, you know, in the king's uh, king's yes. situation, in the in government. Honestly, Daniel was moved up in rank, and that was all because of his character being what it yes. was. Yes. Fasted and prayed. Daniel didn't fast and pray when, when in the beginning of Daniel, when they said, "Hey, you know, the king said we well, he gonna feed these people, all, feed his men all of what they want to eat." That was the first time actually that Daniel said, "Hey, me and my three friends, we're just gonna eat fruits and vegetables." But this is before the 21 day fast. When Daniel did that, his character through fasting and prayer is what caused the attention to come to him uh, and is what caused him to have favor with the guard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't go into fasting and praying and say, Oh Lord, you know, we're about to come out of here, give us some purple robes and fine linen. And he wanted mm-hmm. to have God character. He wanted to be able to endure the fact that he was going into a culture that was not of his own, that was a un godly culture mm-hmm. he was going so his suffering was not to produce a tangible thing and and because his character was refined bible confirms bible thank you to my bishop because his character was refined then he was able to experience the tangible things that we are often looking for but his mm-hmm. middle season included a refinement of character and patient endurance perseverance that's what his middle season included. Mm. And it just allowed by way of God being a good father, he added the tangible on top. But he did the hard work first. Oh, he did the hard work. He did the hard work. So what do we do when we're in the middle? Um, and how do we wait? Um, how what do we do while we wait on things to change in our lives? The first thing that we do is identify what is God trying to produce? What is this middle season intended to produce in me? And then we have to have a, a heart posture of producing me, Lord. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, if you're not in the Bible context and you're just in a, a traditional therapeutic context, what is this? What is this um, part of my life? What is this trying to get out of me? Do I complain too much? Am I um, unforgiving? Do I still have bitterness when I'm assessing myself and I'm thinking about where I am and what I am experiencing? Um, am I am I starting to self reflect and see, you know, well, you really are kind of unforgiving towards people, or Am I listening to my language about myself and identifying negative self-talk? What is it in me that needs to be addressed? What is it in me that needs to be addressed? Address it in me. And be willing to submit to that process. Yeah. All right. So tell me if you agree with me now that this topic is such a good one. It's such a necessary one. One that... It's not really talked about as much as it should be. See, we be thinking that there's something wrong with us. Meanwhile, we are right where we're supposed to be. We are on track. The process is happening the way it was intended to happen, but we are clueless to that. Well, thank goodness all of that changes after today. I don't know about you, but I have pages of notes on this one. So I'm going to do my best to narrow down this recap of things that really stood out to me. So I think, again, I think this topic is so important because like Dr. Blackshear said uh, in the beginning that this thing has the power to take people out to make them want to give up and throw in the towel. She said in the middle, 
is where the enemy has the most opportunity to play with our mind. The enemy can make us feel like we're just waiting and waiting and nothing is happening. Meanwhile, we are changing and growing and we don't even realize it, which is why we have to have practical ways to identify that change is actually taking place. So what do we do? What do we do in the middle while we are waiting? We have to be aware of what is normal, know what to expect. So when it does happen, we're not thrown off. So we we won't stay down when we hit the low places. I love the example she gave about taking meds, right? Taking medicine. If you know ahead of time that on day five, six, and seven, that XYZ is going to happen when it actually does happen, then we already know that it's part of the process and that we're actually on track and that healing is coming. Did you hear when she said healing hurts, therapy hurts, inner healing hurts, waiting on God hurts. You know, when she said that, I started thinking like, why do we think that these things are not supposed to hurt? Like, where did we even get that from? But anyway, we have to know what to expect because like she said, we'll be less anxious. And also if no one in our circle, no one uh, that uh, we're listening to, if no one is talking about what the middle looks like for our particular situation, then do some research. Go to, you know, I like to call it Google University. All right. So moving on, we started talking about seasons, our waiting seasons, and she started dropping all sort of mics. Okay. She said that every season is producing something. Every season is producing something. And to ask God, what are you producing in me? And guess what? It may not even be for our now. The the thing or things he's producing in you and I, it may be for years down the road, years down the line. And, oh, we need to keep that scripture real close, right? She gave us Romans 5 and 3, and that scripture is showing us that the things we go through, it's showing us what those things produce in us. Every time we're in the middle, when we're in a waiting season, no part of that thing is wasted. No part of it is in vain. Because guess what? Our daddy, he is just too loving for that, right? We have to know, we have to trust that this is all necessary for where we are headed. Knowing this with true assurance, it will help us to walk through the middle like a champ. Okay. And uh, let's see, we started talking about how it isn't always a tangible thing uh, that we receive as a result of going through the middle, Our, our waiting season, our character is refined. We get to build our endurance. Our gifts are activated and cultivated, right? We started uh, speaking about Joseph and Daniel in the Bible. There were, uh, there was some internal work done first, right? And then came the external tangible things. She ended by giving us um, 
a ton of questions to ask ourselves. Now, did you get to write them down? <laughs> I know I jotted down. Let's see. This first one is how do we wait on things to change in our lives? How do we wait on things to change in our lives? We have to identify what God is trying to produce in us. What is this middle season intended to produce in us? We have to have a hard posture of produce in me, Lord. Hands raised, right? Produce in me, Lord. If And if you're not a believer, she gave um, some other questions like, what is this part of my life trying to get out of me? What is this part of my life trying to get out of me? And the last one I got was, what is it in me that needs to be addressed, right? Is there bitterness? Is there um, unforgiveness? Is there constant complaining? Anyway, either way, we need to submit to the process, right? That is the only way that it won't be in vain. I don't know about you, but I truly appreciate getting this, this, just this whole new perspective on the waiting season, on uh, the middle. What is it like being in the middle? If you'd like to learn more about our therapist, Dr. Blackshare, uh, check out her website. It is Cedar Tree ptc.net. I will put it in the show notes. If you want to find out more about me, my products, my services, or if you want to join our email list, go to marleneaball.com. And in closing, we will be back next week for part two, the conclusion of this awesome conversation. And guess what? You do not want to miss it. All right. I do have one quick announcement. If And if you are already on our email list, you already know that we are having our very first online event for the year happening this month, month of July, my birthday month. And it's called Discover Your gifts. Discover your gifts. This virtual event is actually taking place on my birthday. Gotta love July, right? And I can't think of any other way, any other perfect birthday gift for me than giving you the gift of helping you to discover your God-given gifts, your superpowers, your natural abilities. And if you're familiar with my story, you already know that at one point in time, I thought that I had no gifts, zero gifts, zero talents until one day the scales were removed off of my eyes. So um, if you're not sure about what your God-given gifts are, or you have a desire uh, to become more aware of them, check out the link in the show notes to register right away, especially if you're listening to this episode uh, close to the release date. Space is limited, so do not delay. All right, that is all for now. Until next time, go be great and talk to you soon.